court. It's like an eight-foot court. <laughs> it is. It's literally eight foot. All right, guys. Um, let's get this started. Welcome to Life Short, Live Free, episode 39? Yes. 39. I feel like you should be more confident about that. It is a beautiful, beautiful Sunday afternoon. How the hell are you guys doing? I am absolutely splendid. I'm far better than last week. Um, I haven't broke anything today. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know... I'm just feeling good after after spending the afternoon, the early afternoon out on the range. Shooting air breaking things. Well, yeah. <laughs> Purposefully destroying things and breaking things on accident are two different things. It was. But it was it was fun. And the uh, finally after a week of rain, we finally had one nice afternoon, you know. And mm-hmm. I think tomorrow's supposed to be just as nice. The whole week okay. is supposed to be pretty much seventy eight or eighty and sunny. Yeah, beautiful. That yeah. grass is really gonna grow fast. Yeah, that's gonna suck. Might have to mow once. More no, this mine's year. not. Mine's all dead. So mine was got that going. Mine for was me. roached. It was like the Sahara out there. You walk across the yard and it crunched. And this mm. morning it's green as shit. Yeah, mine was yeah. like that too. <laughs> no, mine's not. But yeah, we were out in the range. Uh, it's been a while since we did a range day before our podcast, like we used to do back in the back in the old school days. The old school days of the the podcast. I don't know if this counts as a range day. Oh, sure it does. We were shooting guns. We were on the range. We were on the range and we shot stuff. So um, if what we did was we made airplanes. and um, Sounds fascinating. Then huh, we guys? look at, if you're watching on YouTube, on um, seeing the video, or look at this fantastic piece of uh, uh, Aerospace ingenuity. engineering. Just right here. Jet stream. Oh, man, it was a jet stream song. Talk about jet yeah, stream. Yeah, that thing looks like it came from Phantom Works at Lockheed Martin. <laughs> yeah. And that is that one is actually I rocket like power. Boeing. I think Lockheed Skunk Works. Yeah. This, yeah, this was definitely rocket powered. If you can't tell by the... The scorching. Scor- <laughs> all the scorched wood on it, but... So... Uh, before we get too confusing for you, we didn't just build airplanes and throw them. Um, we there was two guys on either side, and you threw your airplane, and the two guys unleashed with twelve gauges trying to shoot it down. And the person that got the farthest won. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it went it went okay. It went okay. I mean, we didn't have any spectacular explosions of. Uh, you know, the airplanes or anything, but yeah. it, it was it was. I'm not good sure day. why we'd expect any of them to explode. <laughs> well, what if, maybe the rocket? Maybe the rocket, yeah. But yeah. all the others were just duct tape and cardboard. <laughs> yeah. And well, we should have added some fucking tannerite to them. Well, hey, and it, it was regardless. It was still fun and just the challenge of uh, building an airplane that you thought could either outmaneuver or withstand 12 gauge birdshot was that was my whole plan was to withstand withstand the birdshot bird yeah. yeah yeah mine Man. was definitely to outmaneuver or out, out i we outspeed. we hit it we hit it once in the air this got some peppering but by the, that time it was so far away that it didn't do anything yeah. um but no it was fun it was a good day we had a good time so yeah um before I forget, this episode is po- sponsored by Ballistic Imagery. Check them out at BallisticImagery.com as well as on uh, social media, Instagram and uh, Facebook. He's always posting some uh, cool pictures. Yeah, those. Uh, my wife really wants to buy that one of those Cadillac prints that you had, the Cadillac, Cadillac headlight prints. Got an awful lot of people that want to buy things, but nobody buys things well, from me. And it's you're gonna very have to. You're gonna have you to let me know. A little she bit more friendly be... to people. <laughs> I'm. 
I treat customers a little differently than I treat you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, my wife thinks one of those Cadillac prints would look pretty nice in her living I think, room. So I think maybe if you had like a um, an actual place, like on your website, you can go to purchase. Yeah, you no. could probably yeah. maybe talk. Just yeah, I don't yeah. Know. But yeah, no. I you do have I'd, some badass shit though. Yeah, I like. and everybody seems to be liking your liking your photos. So yeah, that's, that's good. Yep, that is good. Um, oh, I, I did want to ask you. Did I get that right on my comment? Did I? I'm not sure if it if it's right or not. It's it's a 73. I, I, yeah, Julie commented on it, and it's her her Bob's car. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I knew it had I didn't to be... know if she knew exactly or not. I asked Adam what it was, and he said seventy one. But I'm, yeah, because I thought be. I me, thought it was a seventy three. For me, I th- I, I knew like... it was seventy to seventy three. But for me, I thought the seventy threes didn't have the inset uh, like turn signal lights. Mm. You know, inside of the headlights. Yeah. But that may just be a trim level between RS, yeah. SS, Z twenty eight, that kind of stuff. I yeah. don't, I'm not real sure but anyway if you're wondering what we're talking about go to ballistic imagery's facebook he's got a photo yeah. there of a you know, an old car sitting in a i tried to buy that years ago actually did and he, did, he didn't want to part with it and now yeah. it's just that was sitting 15 the, years ago just yeah. rusted the shit now and it's pretty worthless it's too bad but anybody yeah. else smell the sulfur out of the ass yeah, yeah. It's glorious don't you love it that is. oh it just don't do they they make gunpowder pow- yeah, they make sulfur it, scented candles. They make, I yeah, think. They make a cordite candle. Yeah, oh, I should I totally get that. They make a, We should put those in the new in this new studio. They make like tire smoke candles too, and like burnt diesel fuel and like race gas and all kinds. That of That just sounds god awful. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Mm, gasoline in my house. Wonderful. I, I had a I had a tire smoke candle that smelled pretty fucking good. I like that. Doesn't burnt rubber. Yeah. Uh, that how does that? I, I don't get it. They're just like Colin. We'll drive. We used it used to be we'd drive past like a hog farm or something. He'd be like, "Ah, oh, what a good smell!" I'm like, dude, that's no. literally shit. <laughs> yeah, hog shit doesn't do it for me. Smell of money. <laughs> you know, like a silage pile, like fresh cut silage. Ooh, that does it for me. That really gets me fired up. But hog shit, nope. Yeah, can't no do it. Um, speaking of shit that gets me fired up, whiskey. <laughs> Ooh, let's have some whiskey. This is not anything. Oh, uh, the the whiskey of the week this week. Is uh, we've actually had Rebel Stoke before, but we yeah. had the uh, pecan, pecan yeah, flavored, it and it was pecan. it was glorious, oh, mighty I guess delicious. I was watching back old episodes, and one of them we we talked about having a podium for the flavored whiskeys. Mm-hmm. So I think separately, uh, does anyone remember what flavored those, whiskeys? What the best flavored whiskeys we have? Screwball. <laughs> Screwball is by far the best at this point. Screwball. There's the, vanilla, Screwball, Jim Beam the, vanilla and something. And there was the Rebel Stoke Pecan. The Rebel Stoke Pecan. Uh, Rebel Stoke Pecan, Screwball, and... Jim Beam Vanilla. Jim Beam Vanilla. Was mm-hmm. that next or was the the Peach Bird Dog? No, I I hope it wasn't the Peach Bird Dog. No. I, I wouldn't have voted that one in. I, I just, that was just one of the ones that I remembered us doing. I, I think I was gone when we did the Jim Beam Vanilla. Yeah, you were. Yeah. I don't I don't remember why I know you were gone, but I... So this is a Revel Stoke peanut butter flavored whiskey. It's made with imported Canadian whiskey with natural peanut butter flavors. It is 35% alcohol um, by volume, which is 70 proof. Um... Yeah, it's on the back. I, I have uh, pretty good faith that this is going to be pretty tasty just because um, 
the the pecan was good. Get your Set dirty your, fingers your, out of your my glass. glass. <laughs> <laughs> Here. I was like, what? Here, if... take some out of mine. I don't need this good much Lord. ice. <laughs> Just digging your fingers into my glass ice. What a prick. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I just I think it's gonna be good just because I know the the pecan was so good. Hey guys, you know what we forgot? Whiskey. What you forgot? Of the week. Um, so yeah, the, uh, the cashier said this was, uh, was good. Jesus, man. So this is a sipping whiskey. I plan on sipping this. What mm. does anyone, can anyone tell me what Revel Stoke means? It's a, so or where like, the name comes from. It's, uh, Revel Stoke is like a place in Canada. It's like a town in Canada. It's in the mountains. It's in Ooh. the Rocky Mountains. Like Boys, that's good. Canadians. That's got like a, it's, it's. It's got a burnt flavor to what? it almost. <laughs> That's delicious. It's definitely got a burnt. Oh, yeah. You can smell this mm. like toasted. Toasted peanut butter. You can smell toasted, the stoke. Toasted nuts. The toasted oh, nuts. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but f*** me. That's delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I, I went it down. Does, it does. It, like it smells smoky. Gotcha so it was, it was either yeah. between this, and I know we've had peanut butter whiskey, and I know we've had another oh Revel Stout flavor, but it was either between this or like wild turkey, and I'm like, hmm, what am I going to like to sip on more? Yeah. I'm going to get this. Yeah, that's good. So I'm going to rate this a uh, 4. Uh, 4. Oh, it's out of 5 4. now? 4.6 out of 5 there. Yeah. Wasn't it f- out of 4 last time? No, it was out of 5. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's you whatever gave it the three out of four. It's whatever the hell I say it is. <laughs> Do Johnson. we have any of the screwball left? Uh, no, I drank it all. <laughs> you have a real problem, man. <laughs> <laughs> Duff gave it to me, actually. That shit was pretty damn good. I was going to try is... and compare it because I, I don't know. This is pretty it's good. My, I, I feel like it's better than screwball. Um, I'll, I'll, I, I, I feel like it's less sweet, yeah. which I like. Yeah. Screwball was really sweet. Mm-hmm. I don't like... Opening I'll a agree. bottle of whiskey and feeling the actual sugar in the cap when you mm-hmm. turn it. It's yeah, like, yeah, I'll agree. This is better than this is better than Screwball. I think it's a little bit cheaper. Um, yeah, yeah, this is what seventeen bucks or something. It's not very yeah. expensive. Yeah, I'll yeah. be I'll be sipping this on gears and beers uh, this weekend, fellas, or this week. Gears and beers. So we have a a top dog for flavored whiskey. This is definitely I the top dog top for yeah. flavored. Hundred percent. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty partial to the pecan because I that is that was good too. Absolutely my favorite nut. It almost has like yeah, a, you do like it's almost you like a, a lot of nuts. Peanut buttery coffee type. It does yeah, yeah. coffee burnt flavor. Yeah, yeah like yeah. the toasted kinda flavor kind of does have like a coffee. It's good. It is yeah. good. It's real good. I dig it. I might have some more. I'm actually really impressed with how Please how tasty stoke it is. responsibly. Mm. Yeah, I'm impressed. That Rebel Stoke, I might have to there try some more of the. There is no burn. Yeah. Mm-mm. None whatsoever. Especially with, well, there is if you did, did a pull, it's a little bit more, but when you mix it with the ice up here, it kills yeah. it a little bit. And No, it's definitely freaking delicious. I'm, I might try some more of the Rebel Stoke flavors if I find any other Rebel what Stoke flavors. What other do flavor. they have? I don't know. If I find any more, I'll grab them though. Bacon? You guys I'm, ever seen like bacon va- flavored vodka and shit? Yes. Remember that bacon was soda. That used to be so bad. They had a uh, bacon flavored whipped cream, all sorts of bacon flavored shit. I was the best bacon flavored stuff I found recently. Bacon was bacon. Bacon flavored <laughs> pork. <laughs> it was bacon. No, uh, the best non-actual bacon flavored stuff. I went to the grocery store in the Mars the other day. Got a bunch of groceries and I picked up. They had some salad on sale or like lettuce on sale and i like salad so bought a couple of bags and i'm like ranch catalina bacon ranch 
<laughs> Gonna have to try that. Best yeah. shit ever. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. I think bacon belongs. No, the bacon flavor belongs in bacon. I like if you yeah. put it in anything else. To me personally, I, I you don't ever put like bacon bits or bacon crumbles on your salads. Yeah, but it's bacon. Well, that's, this that's is good. just bacon in ranch in a bottle. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Well, hey, I'm not gonna knock it till I try it. Well, yeah. I thought that, about mine style, one time, but then I was like, eh, I'm pretty loyal to ranch. <laughs> See, I've been. My wife has been on this. Uh, Big onto the, what's the, like pepper, like the spicy ranch or like Chipotle ranch or whatever. Oh, sure. Ooh, that's gonna be cold. Um, but I've been, way, it's, though. God, it's so gosh darn expensive. I I've been cutting it with regular ranch. So like I'll put like the, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll put like half of the amount that I would normally put in like the Chipotle ranch, and then I'll put the rest in ra- regular ranch. It's like God. When I lived I'm with, such a uh, cheap ass. When I, when I lived with your cousin Tony up there in Sheldon, he literally bought that shit by the gallon at Sam's Club. Like a big ranch? old fucking gallon Hinville, yeah, yeah. ranch. I buy the biggest bottle they have every time I'm there. Like you go to like, you know, the, there's one aisle that has uh, like bulk in like Fairway or Walmart or Hy-Vee. Mm-hmm. There's like usually one section where you can buy like the gallon jug of pickles or gallon of mayonnaise or you know like these huge bottles of ranch that's yep that's where i go for ranch good stuff and and uh sliced jalapenos back to the whiskey and speaking of jalapenos i was wondering the other day i was trying to find on google if there is a spicy whiskey out there like a jalapeno whiskey not like cinnamon whiskey or anything like that i I think that would be i think they have it at fair i swear i just saw i don't think that'd be good at all i think it would i am a huge fan of jalapenos so yeah and i don't know so it could be delicious uh, at altitude in laramie wyoming they have their own uh they they're their own brewery i think it's altitude yeah bird dog jalapeno jalapeno honey flavored huh but is it spicy though I'm assuming if it's got fucking jalapenos in it, it, it just says is. Fla- it just says flavor. Jalapeno, yeah. yeah, jalapeno has its own flavor, but but they had uh, they had a green chili Although... beer that they they brewed their own green chili beer and they used chili peppers to brew this beer, and it was delicious, but not as a beer. Like I would pour that beer on a taco and eat it but drinking it as a beer was no point no, man. Like, it was not good yeah, at all it couldn't have been that delicious no it it tasted like you were drinking salsa it was weird so would it be good it was, mixed with like another beer like a like a um tomato beer you know i bet if you drunk drank it as a tomato beer it would probably be fairly decent hmm. but yeah we just uh, it just it didn't feel right. Like it was weird drinking it. But I think the jalapeno whiskey, I think that could be pretty good. I honestly can't get over how much I actually like this. In thirty nine episodes I've never gone back for a second glass. No, no, you have not. <laughs> that is true. It, you might you, not get to sip on any of this on Gears and Beers, Sam. It might be gone. No, no, you can't have <laughs> Toad's sleeping on your couch tonight. <laughs> um so yesterday uh we had a I'm on the fire department here in town. We had a, a training uh, exercise. It's called the burn trailer. Um, if you're not familiar with that, is it's a it's a big um, it's a trailer enclosed burns. big enclosed trailer. They have a pro, uh, propane tank on there, and there's several different spots in there. They have um, flames that, and they go in there and they throw um, 
they throw hay in there to get the smoke and everything that that sort of effect going on um so they wait till it's nice and smoky and it's basically to simulate if you were going into a into a burning house like the smoke and the the flames and everything you know and kind of get you get you acquainted with what it feels like to be in there um and this is the second time i've done it i did it uh, a year or two ago when i was first doing my training but the thing that struck me the most and this is the thing that that strikes uh, most people about this sort of thing is the way that tv and movies portray firefighting is nowhere even fucking in the realm of realism at all i mean it's just fucking absurd how they oh chicago fire you know is walking to a fucking house and hose it down you know whatever and yeah. where in reality a lot of the a lot of these times when these houses are um you know or you roll up on them and they're engulfed like that or there's the the smoke is so thick you literally are crawling through these these houses and you still when we first entered this trailer yesterday the smoke was so thick you couldn't i couldn't even see my partner you know he was i was following behind him and the only thing you know you just follow on the hose and so you know you know he's there cuz you're connected by the hose um but it's just like the <laughs> the way that they portray it is just absolutely fucking absurd yeah you know and it's it's so different um but two i wanted to kind of um that was always fun. It's a freaking riot. And don't get me wrong. Like when you go in there and you got careful with that word these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you go in there and they got, the, you know, they got the generally how like a house fire works. You know, you get this, all this shit going next to the wall and it gets up on the wall and the smoke is burning and you're, you know, you got flames over top of you. Um, and so that's the kind of the cool part. You get in here and you got flames everywhere and, you know, it's just, it's kind of a, it's more, it's kind of like a realistic type shit. Um, but anyways, um, being this week was nine 11, I've kind of been, um, you know, thinking about that, that aspect. And the, there was, there was 343, um, firemen that died that, that day. There was 343 people in those buildings when they collapsed, firemen in those buildings. Um, and I would bet you that the majority of those, what they were doing at that point in time was humping, um, a lot of fucking, uh, hose and a lot of, uh, air tanks up. What was it? Almost a hundred fucking stories. Yeah. Like, oh my God, dude, I cannot fucking imagine just like I was telling you guys in a couple podcasts ago about our, our we had that hog confinement fire and how exhausted I was just after that shit. And then they're freaking humping hose and air tanks and all this shit up these up these hundred stories, like wow. Like you know, and then the, the other side of that is is your everybody here is volunteer, you know. That was those guys' job. They lived at the firehouse, you know, whatnot. They worked out all the time. They yeah. were at, they were, you know, in pretty good shape. Oh yeah, but yeah, still, that's a, were... that's like a superhuman feat because that bunker year is not light. Once you get your equipment, I mean, you're hauling a lot of shit up a lot of stairs. I would have died at like the number five stair mark. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. It's um, bunker gear with your bunker gear and your air pack on and everything around eighty pounds. Probably, Jesus. probably. Plus, they I guarantee they had hose on them. They had extra tanks on them. Because probably, once you probably, get all the way up there, you're not coming back down. Probably tools too, axes, door mm-hmm. breakers, things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and like a lot of those buildings, don't they have 
Um, you know, every so many floors, don't they have hose reels and shit? Well, they have in the stairwells and yes, stuff, they but do. they, they still got to hump those hoses. They have water supply in there. So you're not, you're not, you know, like what we do is we have an engine, a pumper outside of the house and we're running all the water off that on yeah. high rise. They have that shit built in. So you can go yep. up six stories or whatever and hook onto the, the water supply up there. Yeah. Right. But they still, yeah, they still would have had hose. They still would have had extra air tanks because those right. air tanks, Generally, generally those air tanks last between, depending on what, how, what, how big they are, um, 4,500 PSI or whatever will last you around, you know, half hour, 45 minutes, somewhere yeah. in that ballpark. But if you're going up the stairs and you have you're them huffing on, a lot more air. Yeah. I doubt that they had them hooked in yet using their, well, they should have just used the elevator. <laughs> right. Yeah. That would have been. Oh wait, that doesn't, that doesn't really work. No. And I was actually reading, I was actually reading some more about this. Like I do every year on 9-11, um, more about this, the shit that was going on, but there was quite a few people. I can't remember the, the stat that it was, but why, why have I never just said that stat instead of trying to say that fucking word statistic every time? It's because yeah. you're stupid. Stat, God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> but the stat on this was, I can't remember how many people that were trapped in the elevators and killed, and, that was, and it was it was quite well, I'm sure there was a lot of people, you know, on a building that's that busy. What I can't remember the... I can't remember the number that the news had, had used during the broadcast, because I had... Um, on Friday, I'd actually kind of rewatched some of the live broadcast from mm-hmm. news stations on that day um, because I I vividly remember what I was doing, you know, and mm-hmm. um, and I was watching. I remember coming home from school and and watching more of the news broadcast on it and stuff. And I think they said there was like a hundred thousand people that worked in, or there was like forty. 40,000 that worked in the building and 100,000 like people that were, you know, visiting, whether it be business or, you know, just tourists that were just visiting the buildings. There was roughly 100,000 people that were in and out of those buildings every day. Hmm. Um, So, I mean, with that kind of volume of people, there's going to be somebody on the elevators all the time. Oh, yeah. So, you know, at the at the time of the planes impacting the buildings, you know, there was people on the elevator somewhere in the building. And if, you know, the, I, I don't, I guess I don't know the design of the building, whether the, the, the elevators were interior to the building or whether, you know, cables got cut when the, when the planes struck the buildings or whatever. But, you know, that's, that's a no win situation mm-hmm. there. I, I mean, if you cut the cables, I don't know if any of the brakes work, if any, any of that stuff works. You know, I don't they, think there was any, when I was reading about it, they didn't say that anybody had, it wasn't from plunging. I don't know. Yeah. Didn't the that, elevator failed, didn't free fall. But yeah. there was a lot of them that they couldn't get out. You know, they just seal up and they can't, they couldn't mm-hmm. freaking get out. That was yeah. part of it. You were talking about vaguely remembering where you were. Did, do you remember where you were? Yep. You? Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, just got to school. I was in the Commons area, and my cousin Mel came in and said, "We th- we were joking about it. Some some idiot ran in the World Trade Center. You know, we thought it was just a Cessna or something. Some jackass that didn't know how to fly." Yeah. Um. But yeah, I was in the library. Uh, at a table with four friends, and I can't honestly remember who everybody it was, but Mister Weiss came over the radio, and then Mister Harpenau came in and said, "Guys, come to my classroom." And so we went in there and he came on the radio and he was like, this is what's happened. I, I believe we were let out of school early 
I I think so, yeah. And I remember get, like they told us what was happening and everything, and then I just was kind of like, holy shit, you know. And then I remember getting home, and my mom just cried all day staring at TV. And then my dad got home, and you know he's an old veteran. He was just passed, you know. Yeah. And that whole thing, that nine eleven, it literally consumed American life for about. Three to five years, I would say. Yeah. I mean, it was still all over. The cleanup, everything took years and years. And still is. Still people dying from it. Yeah, for sure. And everybody forgot. Mm-hmm. Not everybody. Not everybody. But anybody that wasn't all these 19, 20-year-old kids, you know, yep. they don't remember that. No, nope, they yeah. don't remember and they don't They don't they care. They don't care. So. Yeah. And I, I actually... That is what's so infuriating to me. Yeah. Like, I just get well, ragingly pissed off. Well, and it's hard, you know, like, for me, I was in... Box, you would have been in, what, sixth grade? I'm not sure. I think so. Because I was, I was in fifth grade. I was in Mrs. Hagen's classroom. We were in the old school building yep. before they had the new middle school. And I remember my aunt, who was our teacher, um, bringing in a TV into the classroom, you know, she kind of explained what had happened. And, you know, a a plane has flown into, a plane has flown into the World Trade Centers in New York City, and, you know, they they believe a plane was hijacked, and, and, you know, they believe this plane that flew into the building was hijacked, and, you know, there's bad people who are taking over these planes who are, you know, trying to attack us, and Hmm. um, kind of brought in, brought in a tv and i actually so we i don't think it ever went past fifth grade but we got like these things called weekly readers does anybody remember those i remember those no um it was just like a little pamphlet deal um but i i still have the weekly reader that featured the 9-11 attacks i i kept it um but yeah i remember being in my aunt's fifth grade class um, but hmm. I think I, you know, you say all these younger people, I even asked my wife, um, Friday I was watching a video, you know, I was watching the video of the news broadcasts and stuff from that day. And just as I was watching, I, you know, I asked my wife, I said, do you, do you remember where you were? Do you remember hearing about it? You know, and, um, she was in second grade and she was like, no, you know, I, I remember like seeing it on TV, I remember we got out of school early, and mm-hmm. I remember you know going home, and I think they were like living at their at her grandparents at the time, and like she remembers seeing it on the TV and stuff, but not really knowing what it was. Yeah, I remember one of the you know, and I, th- I, I well, I think that's something with the younger people they don't they don't they, they don't, don't remember it. they don't remember how that felt and everything to see yeah, all that you know because I was I was fifteen, and, you would have been probably sixteen when it happened. Well, and as a, you know, as a second grader, you don't know what that means. You don't, you don't realize all the implications of what it, what it meant, you know? So that's, that's something too, is like a lot of people can, can remember that 9-11 is an important date, but they don't physically remember what they were doing, what, you know, they don't. They didn't fully experience it because they weren't mature enough to fully understand what was happening. So they don't have as much respect for mm-hmm. that date because they 
they don't remember, you know, how important it was. Right. right. So, yeah. And that there's a, you know, it's so hard to explain that to people like that too, that don't, you know, you can't, it's, it's a, it's a feeling you can't describe, but everything going on now, then I'm sure you've all heard it. It's a quote from George Santanata, uh, Santanaya, I can't remember, but though basically he said, those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it yep. type of thing. And, uh, that just, that's what's going on. Like you totally forgot the people that were there for us on nine eleven, and now you've turned your backs on them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There were, and there, I don't want to get into conspiracy theories, but I did want to mention this, Johnson, that you weren't aware of. There was, um, so those obviously world trade centers, it was one and two. Yep. Those were the two main North buildings and South towers, yep. that went down. Um, but it wasn't just those two buildings. There was actually the seven, I believe, if I remember correctly, it was World Trade Center building number seven that also collapsed. The The first two buildings collapsed around 9, 10 o'clock, somewhere in that ballpark. And number seven didn't collapse until 5 o'clock that afternoon. Now, supposedly, and this is this is strange because this is not. See, I never heard of another building besides the two of them. Oh yeah, there was the research. This this is, this will blow your mind because every it just doesn't fit in with the. So supposedly, what had happened was this number seven was damaged from falling debris. Supposedly, um, it's like a twenty. What they say, twenty-eight story, thirty story, somewhere in that ballpark building. Um, and this was supposedly damaged from falling debris. And the official the official um, statement on what had happened to this was the falling debris started a fire that weakened the lower structures of it and eventually collapsed. Well, there's video of this fucking thing collapsing. Well, why did none of the other buildings in that neighborhood or in that, you know? Is that the building that they think might have been actually blown apart from the inside? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I have heard about this. The, it's so strange because of the watching it collapse, the video of it collapsing, it's it's a demolition. A fucking collapse is if um you know, you lose some of your structural support on the right side. You're going to fall to the right side. Yeah. You're going to tip over. Instead of like you've all seen the demolition buildings, they yeah, they go straight kind of down. Straight down, yeah. And that was the exact same if you look at if you look at the the actual World Trade Center, how that went straight down as well. Just so it's just it like, ties, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not, you but kinda are. you are a bit. I tend to be, I tend to, yes, I'll, 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 I'll question things. But the, what you're saying really ties into that whole nine 11 was an inside job. Well, thing. it's just, uh, I don't know, man. Like so box. Have you seen this shit about number seven at all? No, but there's always uh, the conspiracy theory part of it everyone's always like there's no way the planes could have done that so it was inside an inside job okay if the planes couldn't have done that why does it mean that it was inside job? i'm not saying it's an inside no i know job. i'm right. talking i'm this is i'm arguing about all these other people right. saying, saying it was an inside we job. gonna get into this <laughs> right why could it not have been the enemy obviously whoever did it was the enemy but why yeah. did it have to be an inside job for those towers to collapse. I don't, that's everyone's... Right. Right. If, but, they could, if they could hijack planes and fly them into the World Trade Centers, they could also plant explosives enough to yeah. drop the buildings. Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying. I don't know. Why would they do that? Yeah. That would make not... That, that that would open up the everything, the whole entire plan to being busted open. 
Like there's no reason for them to plant explosives in that building. And the thing, the thing, the thing that's really weird about this, just look into it a little bit after we get out, you know, later in the week or whatever. Um, But there was so much, there was specific financials and everything housed in that building that were everything. It's just extremely suspect. And, and here's my other thing is uh, there's a lot of people who burn their buildings down just to collect insurance money. Right. That could have been another situation of that. Hey, World Trade Centers 1 and 2 are blown up. We're going to have a huge problem paying for these. Let's collect some more insurance money. Let's burn down World Trade Center number 7. I'm just saying that's another possibility. There's people who burn down strip clubs to save their ass on money. So it's it's yeah. it's not to say that you know it's not out of the realm of possibility that somebody would burn down a government building or a you know a financial building to save their ass on money. True. The but truth of the matter is everyone can speculate as much as they want. We're never ever going to know ever exactly gonna know. the truth. It could exactly. be exactly what it says it is. If not, well, you're never going to fucking know. Yep. Do you guys no. know it is true? FedEx is stealing ammo from people. I, that could also be false. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to get you but off it was the topic. A, it was a good effort. We said we weren't going to do it, and then we did it, and it's like, I okay, appreciate we got to the stop effort. them now, or it's going to go on forever. I appreciate yeah. the effort. Um, <clears throat> actually, Does anybody want some more ice for the glasses? Yeah, please. Box, um, why don't you take the lead on this one? You were you mentioned... Um, yeah, Johnson. I came across you this this video the other day. Thank you. And uh, I, don't, I don't know who this guy is. He's apparently... Mm-hmm. A, a dealer, a gun dealer in, in California, and I, somewhere over by Bloomington, California, somewhere over there. But he's apparently had issues with FedEx stealing ammo out of his shipments. And hmm. uh, I Googled it just a, a little bit ago, just a, a vague Google saying FedEx stealing ammo. And there's a lot of results of people saying, FedEx and UPS have stole my shit. And I, I that's kind of, I mean, why wouldn't that happen? Sure, it blows my mind, but at the same time, why wouldn't, I mean, if you're working at, at if FedEx you're, and yeah, you're a piece you're, of shit, like there's a, I mean, come on, there's plenty of pieces of shit. <laughs> why, why, why would that stop them from stealing the thing, your he, shipment? Yeah, if you're if you're a scumbag that just oh I gotta deliver this TV and it's heavy and it's a pain in the ass I'm just gonna throw it over their fence. What's gonna stop you from saying you know I'm a, also that same scumbag piece of shit who would throw your TV over the fence? But I own a lot of illegal firearms and I see that you have a box of you mm-hmm. know that's labeled hazmat. Yeah, I'm stealing that shit. Yeah, you know I I don't see it being out of the realm of possibility. Sam has a has a video loaded up over there. You guys are just going to hear the audio from it. The video is not much worth seeing, but it's from this uh I don't remember his name, Whiskey Tactical One or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. Is the guy who had all this shit stolen from him and he's bitching about it in this video and he's pulling out empty like there's half full boxes of of 9mm and stuff that he's pulling out of his shipment. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll load this up here. Hopefully, I don't fuck it up like I did last time. All right, go. All right, I kept my mouth shut for fucking long. FedEx, stop stealing fucking ammo. We have a claim for almost ten fucking thousand dollars because FedEx, their employees at a distribution center, likes to open up the packages, take the ammo out, and retape it. I've even got ammo delivered, boxes delivered, with no ammo inside it's even gone to the point where they're taking individual boxes out 
and taking ammo, and this is how I'm getting delivered, okay? Um, Joe, how much ammo do you think we've lost? It's pretty much all the time now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I kept my mouth shut too much. Hey, you bad cheese motherfuckers. <laughs> Stop stealing fucking ammo that belongs to us and to the people that want to buy them, all right? You want it? Come fucking buy it. Don't steal it. Oh, what what uh, location is this going through? Oh, I think it's coming out of distribution Bloomington. Stop stealing or we'll get ATF involved. See, I uh, don't see happy. I don't see how the ATF is not involved in something like this. Maybe they are. I'm not, I'm not saying they're not. But how would they not be involved in something like this of shipping companies stealing firearms and ammo? Well, I think if they were stealing firearms, they would definitely be involved. Oh, that that was one of the things that came up in one of my just my very quick Google searches. FedEx stole my fucking gun. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, I feel like they probably are involved in any of the lost firearms. They're going to get involved very quickly. Um, but for ammo, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to say because, you know, it's, it's just like any other good that's purchased online and delivered. You know, there's no, any special restriction other than, you know, the, driver having it having a hazmat or the the seller shipping it having hazmat yeah, ammo is not hazmat is it no no I, you don't have to ship ammo hazmat. or no i guess just like primers primers are primers, primers, and, primers powder. and powder speaking of which i got 18 pounds of powder that confuses me primers and powder yeah, are, was, are hazmat but primers yeah, and powder together are not <laughs> yeah but completed ammunition now that's fine <laughs> didn't you say your hazmat fee was only like 20 some bucks 11 Eleven That's bucks or eighteen pounds of yeah. powder. Well, you only pay you only pay one hazmat per package. So if they can put it all in one big ass box, it's only one hazmat fee because well, you have one you, hazmat package. I know you're a firefighter, but I sure as hope should hope your house doesn't ever catch fire. <laughs> oh, dude! Compared to there's there's so many <clears throat> people that have so much more than me. I probably got oh twenty five pounds maybe maximum yeah you know and that's not that much i know i know people that have hundreds of hundreds of pounds and yeah oh that piece that bite had a little bite to it drink but that drink that a little piece bite, to it. bite had a yeah. <laughs> what? back to lost my faculties there for a second i tell you <laughs> jesus christ but as far as is um no that doesn't surprise me and it's not i mean let's Let's get this straight. It's not. It's not FedEx or UPS stealing shit. It's the piece of shit employees. Yeah, that works right. Yeah, that's yeah. um, yeah, not the companies themselves. Bl- I no mean, way. if they're aware of the situation and they're negligent in correcting it, obviously, yes. Then the the this falls on them. To me, to me, it's it's a pretty easily corrected problem, too. Like how so? How you fire that piece of shit and then hire another one? How yeah. do you stop hiring thieves? Pieces of shit. See, that's, well, that's how a, do you that's prove what who it is? That's what I'm saying, though. <laughs> well, because they have specific routes. It's not like it's just a random crapshoot of who delivers where every day. Yeah, but there's this people one inside. gun shop. This one gun shop has been reporting stolen shit over and over. The guy who is repeatedly delivering to their place over and over. That's not it him. You it's investi- not necessarily. It's the, I know, but I'm saying though. you at, you investigate him. You investigate him, and if he. I, Clearly, you know, has no no past record of being a piece of shit or stealing shit. Then you, you know, track it backwards from there. 
But there's people inside these distribution centers, yeah. like random, like, I mean, all of this, this shit that's being loaded onto this guy's truck uh, is 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 accumulated by probably dozens of other people. You yeah. Know? So it's, it's not exactly easy well, to track. It is easy to track. If you don't think that FedEx and UPS, as much money as they make and as much money as they're reliable for in, in insurance... If you don't think that they have cameras all over every goddamn square inch of their distribution centers, you're on math. Yeah, but like I said, mm. you find out who did it, and then you hire somebody else. It, yeah. I mean, What's that, stopping that, that's the next you, person from stealing anything? So it's not easy to stop because no, you can't... No, it's not easy to stop. It's easy to remove the person that's which, responsible. Right, really but that doesn't, doesn't do that doesn't fix the problem. That that fixes the... Uh, it's what's a band-aid. Fixes it's the a symptom. Yeah. It fixes the symptom. It doesn't fix the illness. Right. As they say. Yeah. Um, so, that, you know, one of, one of, we've like had people call in like, so-and-so we paid you in cash and we got a bill, you know? So one of the things I always do is I triple document everything when I get paid cash and I get paid cash for a job, but I print out a receipt, circle the area where it says they paid this amount of cash. I sign it with my employee number. I document it on my phone as well. And then I take a picture of it. Yeah. And then you motherfuckers got to quit eating ice. God damn. I was chewing over here. <laughs> I, got, I could still hear it. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> to, sorry <laughs> I'm sorry. But Continue. That's yeah. just one way to protect yourself from being, you know, called a thief. But at the same time, you're right. How the, f- I agree with box. How the f- can't they narrow this down to one to two people that's doing this? If it's coming from the same distribution center and, and they probably can, but what the point <laughs> that they're making is you can't stop hiring pieces of shit that, you know that's their bread and that's their mm. that's their the, their employee pool that they hire out of is is lower income yeah and, well, and, 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 and let's get this on, straight it, we're not calling lower income you know it, whatever, de- it depends i'm pretty on, sure we all qualify as lower income yeah <laughs> but it all it all depends on the area you know the area as well because people around here they're most of the people that i i would say that most of the people that work in our distribution center or the distribution centers in the Midwest are pretty stand-up people. Like most of the people that I know that work for FedEx or UPS, they're all pretty stand-up people. They're all, you know, people that I would believe that wouldn't, you know, wouldn't steal from, steal from packages or do things like that. But, you know, when you get into these bigger cities and you're looking, you know, you're, Basically, your employee pool is a bunch of people looking for work that don't really want to work that hard. Mm-hmm. They, you know, so you th- I, I mean, and that's and that's in any in, in uh, that doesn't just apply to UPS and FedEx. That's any job. All right. You, you get into a bigger urban area, you have a higher likelihood of, of hiring a piece of shit who's going to steal something. That can so be from anywhere. Do you guys think that this is beginning to be more prevalent now well, because of the ammo shortage? Or is this, I mean, is this an ongoing problem for years? I think it's an ongoing problem. There's I articles from as far back as 2016 I've seen, I'm sure. That, and that was just in the first few results that I saw yeah. on Google. So I'm sure it goes and farther I'm, back than that. I'm sure it's more prevalent during situations like the one we're in Absolutely. too where, yeah. where people can't get ammo and they're like oh this this oh they're not going to miss a few boxes or a thousand rounds out of a ten thousand round shipment I'm gonna well and that could be you know like in an urban environment like that and in a bigger city <clears throat> where you have gangs and shit like that where people are looking for ammo and say hey you know i got a buddy that works at fedex i wonder if they can get us some ammo 
Yeah, true. You know, that could that could very well play into the situation because if they can't go to the gun shop and buy ammo, like you know, nobody they're can gonna right, be, now. Yeah. right. They're gonna they're gonna go to people who you know they're gonna find connections to get themselves in. Yeah, and speaking of so. people um, not being able to go to the gun store and buy ammo, even if um, even if a lot of times you do find ammo on the shelf, there's a lot of a lot of um, places right now that are just gouging the fuck out of it. Yep. Um, cheaper yep. than dirt is notorious. Oh, the worst, place. the worst fucking one. They're every it's every opportunity <laughs> to get. They're they're selling Anderson lowers for two hundred bucks right now. Was it two hundred? I'm pretty sure it was two hundred. See, Prairie Arms sent me an email that they'd restocked and they had Andersons in stock, and I think they were like twenty five bucks. No, they were. I think that's what I paid for mine. I paid thirty for mine here in town. Yeah, but and and a lot of times like this, they weren't they weren't really price gouging. They weren't exceedingly. I think they were forty nine bucks or something like that. Well, that's that's normal. That's pretty well normal. If you have if you have a lower for a hundred dollars or less, I don't think that's pricey. Well, depending. Well, on an Anderson, uh, yeah, a hundred bucks. But anyway, so the, the, there's opportunistic motherfuckers that are that they know they have a product that somebody wants cheaper than dirt, and they 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 gouge the shit out of it. The, day, the day after the after Sandy Hook happened, um, cheaper than dirt marked their thirty round magazines up that were previously the day before fourteen fifteen bucks to a hundred dollars. Yeah. And at that point in time, I said, I will never buy a fucking piece. I will never buy anything. Even when I'm looking for something right now, even when I'm looking for something right now, saying I'm and I'm in the search for quite a few things right now. I don't care if I if I click on their website, I don't ever click on their website. But if I found it for the for a cheaper than I can normally find it anywhere else, don't care. Won't fucking buy it. Don't yep. fucking care. I will not. I will not spend a cent yeah. with them. Even if even if they're the only place that has it in stock, I'm not buying it. No, depends how badly I need it. No, I think I put no. my my pride and need above. Mm-hmm. Nope, principle. won't do it. Even Why? if they, if you, know, if you, if there's a threat to your life and you need ammo and cheaper than dirt is the only place you can get it, you wouldn't buy it from them. No, fuck them. You'd rather lose your fucking life than. And not be able to defend yourself. I'm not gonna. Li- I'm not gonna. First off, pay I'm not a little gonna, extra money. First off, I'm fucking, not gonna put myself in that situation. Principle. It's not whether or not this you're being put in. Conversations fast become. It's not about being put into a. It's not about putting yourself into a situation, Sam. Look at the world. How the world's turning. It could be a situation that you've been placed into, and you're just completely fucked. You're not gonna. You're just. No, it's the principle of the thing. I'm not buying from them. I'd rather fucking die. I I don't understand when there's ever going to be a situation where I I have to buy from cheaper than dirt or I'm going to die. But the only it was a hypothetical uh, hypothetical question. (laughs) The only time I ever bought anything from them was when Obama got reelected a second time. My dad and I went together and we bought a thousand rounds of two two three. And how how much was it? Eight hundred dollars. Two hundred and seventeen dollars. Well, that's not bad. See, they weren't price gouging. But that's my principle is I will never buy from them ever. Ever. Actually, and if everybody I, did that, if everybody fucking knew, but the problem is most new gun buyers don't fucking know that they're pieces of shit and they buy from them. There's there's I'm, there's one that I found recently that I really really like, and I was cruising it last night after I got home, and uh, I was looking for. They sell birdshot by the case, and I was looking for some pheasant shot, a case of pheasant shot, which was two hundred and fifty rounds. And they had a case of, I think it was Rio number yeah. four shot. For like 109 bucks. Didn't think that was bad when you consider a box of pheasant shot at the store. It's like 10 bucks. Yeah. But then I was like, what do they got for pistol ammo? 
everything else on this website is super cheap. Even their rifle ammo that they have in stock, they don't have any 223, but everything else is normal priced. They had a box of, and it's killing me because I can't remember, I, I want to say it was like Herders or something like that. Um, Furburgers? No, Herders. Furburgers. <laughs> mm, um, which normally you would, you would pay eleven ninety nine for. It was thirty nine ninety nine for a box Jeez. of 50 See that's and, and that's it. That's it's opportunistic. Like I ran across, I ran across a, a post earlier this morning or earlier today on on Facebook. Um, it was Axel. It was Axel on USA or something like that. No, I didn't get up till Axel Rose. It was like Axel on USA or something. Oh, check out our website. We have nine mil in stock, a thousand rounds. Guess what it was. Seven hundred bucks. Seven hundred and twenty fucking dollars. Jesus. For and nine mil. For a thousand round. That's seventy two cents. Normally you can nine millimeter can be had. Seventeen cents. What? Nine millimeters usually seventeen. Generally, cents yes, yeah. yes, and that, I mean, yeah, you can ch- sometimes find it cheaper. Yeah. Um, and I commented and I said seventy two cents on hard pass, and somebody says, "Well, just distribution prices have gone up." you they have not gone up four times Quad, no. that's quadruple was that quadruple fucking almost five times whatever no honest integrity people with integrity are going to charge the same as as northwest ira firearms right now guess what he got in twenty thousand rounds the other day he didn't fucking price gouge him he, he marked up the same exact percentage as he usually does he got his money off of him and he sold twenty thousand rounds out of you know the same fucking way he always does because he has integrity in, in like a day Oh, it was an hour, and he sold. It was yeah. less than two hours, and he sold I was, twenty. I was, well, and that's the thing I was supposed is like, to text the ch- uh, chief of police in Alton to let him know he had two, two or three, and by the time I saw it, it was gone. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's and that's the thing is like people see these uh, small town gun shops and shit like that, and their prices increasing. Well, their prices increasing. Yeah, with the you know with the short supply and everything, they're getting. You know, they're having to pay more for the product to put in their store, and... Toad, are you, you going to drink all of that shit, or what the fuck, whole dude? Fucking dude, this is some good stuff. Jesus, you're welcome. The only, the only thing I think is uh, Rebel Stoke could really work on their cap design, because you cannot put that no, back on. No, you can't tighten it, no. Sorry, John's annoying. But, saying. no, I, I, that's a big thing, is uh, a lot of these small-town gun shops and stuff are... They have an increased cost. They can't afford to keep... They can, I can't sell you two twenty three at twenty four cents a round if I'm paying twenty eight cents a round for right. it. You know, not gonna lose money on it. So they're doing. I bought it for this much. I mark it up for X amount percent. That's what we've always done. So we're just continuing that. You know. So, and you know, people have to expect in times like these to pay a little bit more. But um, yeah, just make sure you're paying attention about places that price gouge you know and don't you, just don't, be vigilant don't freaking buy from those other those prices yeah price gouge when they're not price gouging because they don't freaking deserve it and then times like you can tell you know who it is cheaper than dirt a lot of other freaking places when they're doing this shit don't freaking patronize them when they're when they're not doing this shit yep. because they will fuck you in the first chance they get and they don't give a shit about your rights that sounds yeah. great i could i I could go for that. <laughs> hey, you do it's you, Box. It's been a while. <laughs> you do you, Box. I'm just saying. What was that he said earlier? I remember the last time I had sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That is the maddest son of a bitch.
I have ever seen ever. Yes, the best dude of the week. Yeah. yeah. You caught me by surprise. I didn't even know we were here already. How much? We are. Oh, fuck, we're an hour in. I guess yeah. I've been recording for a almost bit almost an hour in. Well, this isn't even uh, this isn't really a story, but this is and it's multiple people actually. I'm sure some of you have heard about this. The California National Guard during the uh, wildfires out there. Wildfires are pretty much hammering California right now. Over uh, Labor Day weekend. Basically the whole West Coast. Like I think Oregon oh, yeah. and Washington are all I think they're all Wyoming. involved in this. Tim these. Tim was out in Wyoming elk hunting a week and a half ago and he had to go help with a fifteen thousand acre fire. It yeah. Up, I think it ended up going to thirty some thousand acres before they got it controlled. Boy. Yeah, shit's nuts that out whole, there. Yeah, that whole West Coast, she's really burning up. Anyways, on over Labor Day weekend and Shaver Lake in California there was this dock and this campground that became encircled by flames. And there was this pilot, Joseph Rosamond. He was piloting a, a, ch- a Chinook. 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 That's what I thought. CH-48. And uh, Kip Goading was in a Black Hawk. And the emergency crews on the ground, they were telling him, no, it's too risky. Go land at this ranch that is a few miles away. And Rosamond, who was Goading, was following Rosamond in, in their his helicopter. So Rosamond was kind of leading the way, you know. They just kind of t- teamed up, and he replied, "Just tell us where the pe- where the people are. We're going to get them." So they said when the, when they got there, every piece of vegetation, for as far as you could see, was on fire. They had to wear night vision goggles to see through the smoke. So it allowed them just to have a little bit of contrast and silhouette, you know, because without the night vision goggles, you just couldn't see anything at all. They ended up landing within 50 feet of the flames and they, Rosamond, he took 102 people in the Chinook, Chinook, Time which out. is 102, like civilians or yeah. firefighters or no, uh, he was rescuing 32, Camp- 102 campers. people. Yeah. Campers at this campground. And the, that helicopter is only designed to fit thirty. He said they were that they pretty much maxed out the uh, the weight on that yeah. on that helicopter. And the Black Hawk took twenty two, and that's only designed to take eleven or twelve. They ended up making two more runs, and they rescued two hundred and fourteen people. Wow! They ended up they were going to like one thirty in the morning. Jeez! I was thinking this reminded you uh, reminded me of this earlier though when you're talking about your burn trailer. You can't see shit going through the fucking trailer. And imagine in a snowstorm, like a terrible snowstorm, if you're out driving or something and you're just you're straining to see the road and say you drive half an hour or something, you get fucking tired after that, after straining for so long. Imagine flying a fucking helicopter through the mountains carrying 102 people and not being able to see anything. Yeah, That's got to be... Oh man! The I, other, the other takeaway from that. the other takeaway from this was these these were National Guard. Yep, these guys aren't full time soldiers. This isn't what they do as their day job. These are National Guard pilots, and they might work for the National Guard, but that takes a lot of fucking balls. Absolutely. I mean, especially after being told no, don't this, go. This yeah, is I, that bad a, idea. That was the first thing I saw when I saw that article. Was pilots rescue. 200 people after being told not to go. So were they those 200 people and surrounded was it were they Yeah, they, they, they were, were at a campground and they were they were on they were at like the dock. There was at a Shaver Lake like I said and they were all apparently real close to this dock and they were completely encircled by flames. Hmm. 
the flames were within 50 feet when when these helicopters landed wow yeah that's that's not that's that's nuts. insane like good on those dudes bad bad asses yeah it's nice to see we got some a lot of our badasses are in the past you know world yeah. war one world war two nice to see some see some uh real badasses even if they were from california yeah it's i like you said though comparing that to like a snowstorm that's that's very true. You work, you know, you drive through. Oh man, that's even exhausting. just driving driving a car, you know, through a shitty snowstorm or anything low Your visibility. Eyes get so tired. You just mm-hmm. get beat after you know a half an hour. But yeah, then you max hours. out a weight capacity on a helicopter and right. fly through mountains. And God, oh, no man, Jesus, the balls can't on see anything. Dudes. Yeah, crazy, crazy yeah. shit. That's awesome though. Take a look, it's in a book, time traveling with Toad, with Toad, with Toad. Yeah. This episode of Time Traveling with Toad brought to you by Rebel Stoke Peanut Butter Whiskey. (laughs) If Sam doesn't take it away from me, I'm going to drink the rest of it. Yeah, somebody somebody take that shit away. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) So, the one I picked is something I would like to... You guys remember the last time Toad did a time traveling with Toad? Johnson, <laughs> do was not. Drunk. Don't stand up. No, I, <laughs> no. Did, it, I did it last week and Johnson That's broke true. the thing. That's true. I just watched one of the older episodes where you were hammered, though, and you were stuttering through the entire yeah. thing. I, I was butchering chickens before I got here, and we started drinking at like 10. And then I showed up, and I was like, boy, I really don't think I can do the podcast. And then we did it, and I watched that same clip, and I was like, wow, I was f***ed up. <laughs> but uh, this is the one I picked here is something I would actually like to see repeated but in a semi-auto, I think it would be awesome. It would be impractically large. But uh, so we're going to go back to 1856. Uh, Dr. Jean Alexander Francois Lamatt created the Lamatt revolver. Wow. It had a nine-shot cylinder for 42 caliber rounds. And underneath that barrel was another bigger barrel for a 15-gauge shotgun. Wow. <laughs> The Lamat was later adopted for use by the Confederate Army during U.S. Civil War. This unique sidearm was also known as the Grape Shot Revolver due to its unique ability to transform from a nine-shot revolver to a single-shot shotgun. Uh, <laughs> it had a lot of problems. For example, its higher, no. its higher number of revolver rounds in the attached shotgun barrel added weight to it, which complicated aiming, firing, and reloading. In fact, the, reloading the gun was so problematic that it was almost impossible to do in the middle of a battle. Uh, and that's where that article ends. Wow, that's neat. Um, <laughs> anyway, can you imagine though, like somebody today, if they made like a Glock style firearm, but underneath of it was just like a little four inch twelve gauge barrel? That would be. First of all, join the wrist breakers club because that would absolutely shatter your wrist. But it would be such a good time. <laughs> like, it wouldn't though. Everybody, everybody. Oh, that's one thing I don't get about the gun community. Oh, it's a wrist breaker. You've never shot it. Don't fucking say that. Because I fired yeah, some Johnson. pretty goddamn big guns, and my wrist well, has never been in danger of breaking. Right. Like in a forty-five. Like I understand, like shooting a forty-five seventy one-handed and all that. You know, not. It's not bad. Even the Desert Eagle. No. it's the most notorious wrist breaker out there. I shot it one handed just to prove no, it fucking is do not it. a five hundred Smith and Wesson Magnum with a snub nose barrel. That's a that's a that, real son yeah, of a bitch. Yeah, that that would okay. be snappy. But to me, like people who people who shoot a twelve gauge single handed and say, "See, it's not a wrist breaker." Well, 
No, you've got an eight pound fucking shotgun with a 30 inch fucking barrel. The whole thing weigh the whole, the weight of the entire thing takes up all the recoil. You put that in a three pound revolver sized package and then shoot a fucking 12 gauge shell out of it. It's going to recoil. It's 15 gauge. Regardless, <laughs> it's going to recoil way harder than if it's a full size shotgun that you're shooting one handed. I had I a. I still think it'd be awesome. I it would a, absolutely still be awesome. I had a double barrel 10 gauge pistol grip shotgun in here one time. It was a uh, just well, can must you have been shoot, 18 inches. Was it two triggers, double trigger? Yeah. Can you and imagine And the stock was cracked. Weird. Grabbing a hold of that son of a bitch and pulling both triggers at the same time. That Ooh. would that's that that may very well the break one, your wrist. The one time I actually shot a side by side 10 gauge. Cash Howe owned it pretty sure he still has it some italian made deal he goes aim at that brush pile up there because he lived right down the road from me okay it knocked me fucking back a couple of steps and that whole brush pile like vibrated yeah i was like oh my god 10 gauge is no bullshit that is not a fucking around my cousin uses a semi-auto 10 gauge to hunt geese Sounds like a good time. He's not considerably larger. He's, <laughs> cons- he's considerably larger than I am. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah, none for me, thanks. <laughs> like I've shot like <laughs> what a dude. Sorry, I hit that prematurely. That's all right. You're generally premature. You're the dude. <laughs> I'm used to that. Um, no, I've shot uh, like three and a half inch turkey loads out of twelve gauges, mm-hmm. and that's. That's pretty comparable to like a standard ten gauge load, the, you know. It's, oh yeah. it's fairly comparable, but I've I've seen some uh, hand loaded ten gauge loads that I n- n- I'm gonna pass on. Looks like a fucking quarter stick of dynamite. Yeah. See, the only time I ever shot anything one handed and it hurt my hand was. Do you remember that single shot Donaldson used to pheasant hunt with? Yep. We put like a three or three and a half inch goose load in that thing, and I was like, I can do it. Bam! I was like. Yep, here's a shotgun back. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> All right, so the what a douche this you mean week. The wad. The wad. <laughs> <laughs> the wad for the week um, is a guy. What a wad. That's actually a. That's actually a. You've never you've never called anybody that. You wad. I've literally never called anyone no. a wad. <laughs> nope, never. Um, but the box. You want one of those things? Douche this no, week. Is a 32-year-old man from Florida named Daniel Sharp. Um, Sharp? Sharp. (laughs) Like Sharp's Rifle Company? Got it. Um, But he... He's a douche because this is fake. And it pissed me off. (laughs) So he ran... He ran a Facebook page and posted this story about himself to make himself feel better. But... uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a twist. Yeah, I it didn't is. I didn't see that coming. So he owned a Facebook page. He put himself in this uh news article to make uh, himself What are you doing? I'm hot and the ice is cold. I think oh, you're drunk. Christ. Uh but this, a bit. the story reads uh Florida veteran convinces two female officers to have a three way <laughs> instead of giving him a ticket. Um so Marine Corps combat veteran was pulled over at three AM leaving a Taco Bell for going 29 in a 20-mile-an-hour zone. Leaving <laughs> t- a Taco Bell. Yeah, the two unidentified... <laughs> he made it up. Couldn't he come up with something better Come up with a better place <laughs> to eat than fucking Taco Bell. I completely agree. Um, 
basically he was saying that uh, these two female officers pulled him over for speeding. Instead of giving him a ticket, he sweet-talked his way into a threesome with these two, and then uh, he was arrested later for lewd acts in public with these two female officers by other responding officers. Oh, yeah, I forgot. So, so this guy's a douche because... He made this whole story up. He he posted it all over his Facebook page. It got shared a bunch of times and do a little checking and uh no, he was just trying to make himself feel a little better. He so was, time out. Did you know this when we you walked in here earlier today and you said this was you no. did some research then to try did, and verify the story. I and did find some out research to yeah, I was gonna say this guy's a true fucking legend. <laughs> And then I did some more research and found out he truly is a douche. Is that a real picture of him on that article? Yes, too? that is a picture that I believe. I do believe that this is an actual uh, mugshot of him being arrested. You um, might have to put that up. Yeah, in like the, he's in the ever video. gonna fucking. How, yeah, that I don't, guy I don't care freaking, how sweet, ta- how much sweet talking you can do. This dude right he here, he ain't getting nowhere with nobody. No, and uh, yeah. yeah, that just. And first off, like I don't care if you're fucking Brad Pitt, dude. Like, how are you gonna? How are you gonna at three a.m. leaving and, a Taco Bell? How are you gonna get a menage out of two female officers? And first of all, I don't know anybody that would pull you over for doing twenty nine in a twenty mile an hour zone. Uh, it depends if they're susp- if they're on DUI duty well, at, at three in the morning. Well, at three in leaving the morning, a Taco yeah. Bell is pretty suspicious. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I like how just leaving Taco Bell at three in the morning is suspicious. That's fucking. <laughs> tell me, tell me that's that is. not. Tell it me is. it's not. I mean, as, no, a, as I agree, I just think that's hilarious. If I was a police officer and I somebody li- saw somebody leaving a Taco Bell at three a.m., I'd be like, yeah, that fucker's toast. Oh, I gotta <laughs> meet. I gotta meet my quota for the month. Better mm-hmm. go watch Taco Bell. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Looks like he's got I a mean, gordita. Crunch. Oh, he's he's fucking, he's fucking he's hammered. Mine, motherfucker. <laughs> he's eating a gordita crunch going down the road. Pull him over. Never yep. expected him to seduce me, though. <laughs> Can you imagine if that was real, though? Like, if it was real and you were the responding officer as backup, and oh, you rolled Christ. up, and your two colleagues are in the backseat of a car. They're fucking At that- Jesus. Well, probably if it's Johnson. over by you, it's probably well, it's you. not me. But no. what what the fuck would you do as a I'd probably just walk away, honestly. As a career law enforcement officer to walk up and see the guy they just arrested plowing your two coworkers in the backseat of this cop car. Hey, are you are you good? Are you good? Okay, I'll see you later. Peace. <laughs> yeah. Just, just checking on you, making anybody, sure you're anybody in danger here. Making sure this... he was not raping you. I'm we're good to go now. <laughs> There's consent all around, right? Is this consensual? All right. You guys want to sign these forms so I don't get in trouble, please? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Thank you. Oh, so how do I delete the body the body cam footage again? How do I? It's not like my browser history. I can't delete it. (laughs) I've got one more thing before we end that I want to talk about, and it's something I came across this week. I tagged you in it. I think it's awesome. I don't know if it will actually take off, but there's a company called Condition Red. Uh, what the hell? Crom is the uh, Condition Red Ordnance Manufacturing. Crom. Ordnance Manufacturing. That just gets me <laughs> fired up. So you've heard of the 300 blackout, right? Yep. They made a 500 blackout. Yes. And I'm in. <laughs> Condition Red Ordnance Manufacturing has the has this riddle of steel. How to create a highly portable platform that can fire a 50 BMG bullet quietly. 
<laughs> the answer is the 500 blackout chambered zero, zero dark 50. Crom oh. already manufactures. They're using all kinds of good fancy terms. They are just turn people yeah. on. Well, they already manufacture a 338 Lapua Magnum chambered AR with their CR7 platform. And they were wanting to expand the, expand the platform to other possibilities. And after some experimentation, they came up with the 500 blackout. The 911 grain bullet they have as their primary load Jeez. produces 2,000 produces 2,385 foot pounds at roughly 185 foot seconds, roughly five times the energy of subsonic 300 blackout. Crom claims a max, a max effective range of 1,000 meters and a velocity loss of only 9% at 400 meters. Now, this article was written back last year. It actually has, from what I read, passed the SAMI certification test. Sam, you certified this? But, oh, yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, besides using the existing 50 BMG bullets, they've also experimented with a 600-grain solid copper flat point producing thick 6,000 foot-pounds of energy at Jesus short range and a 200-grain aluminum hollow point designed to shatter on impact. What kind That's of velocity are we looking at here? This is a 900... Time out. This is a 900-grain bullet. Is this straight wall? Mm-mm. It's a it's a very subtle bottleneck. Yeah, it is. It's it's it's, it's a little bottleneck. But, but what are, what kind of velocity are we looking out of the out of the muzzle? You have any idea? It didn't say. Is it what? What does a fifty cal shoot? They're not shooting a fucking nine hundred. It's like isn't it uh, around five hundred? No, a seven hundred fifty grain A max is like twenty nine hundred feet per I second. I just don't. I don't believe all the stats out of this because you're shooting a fucking fifty grain out of a out of a. This is chambered or this is made to be in an AR. AR platform, isn't it? AR ten. I, I did not find anything on the parent case of the cartridge, though. I think he, they said it was a it was supposed to be an AR platform, like a normal. Well, their AR platform that they're cham- basing it on is their AR seven, which is chambered in three thirty eight. okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, okay, so, okay, I, I mean, can, okay, the I magazine can believe that. on that three thirty eight fucking AR seven is this fucking wide. Right. I mean, it's huge. So it, it's it's even bigger than an AR-10 platform because if they're uh, going AR-15, AR-10, AR-7, yeah. If they're doing 338. Oh, AR-10 is not that bit. Like I had, no, a, I it's had still a, a short uh, action. So if you do like a long action, like a 300 wind mag like that. Yeah, I had a uh, uh, Nemo Arms Omen in here the other day, and that made a freaking uh, AR-10 look like a... I was like, wow, this is a pussy round compared to this freaking thing. <laughs> yeah. So are they going to start with AR-5s now? Those I are, don't know. Yeah. Those are 10 ARs safer. Hell yeah. Back to the Nemo <laughs> Omen, though. When they first got together, it was a bunch of guys that they were all, I believe they were all like military veterans, special forces <laughs> stuff, got together out in like Montana or Wyoming. Montana, But one I of believe. the videos that they, one of their first videos was their secretaries. They dialed these ARs in out to a thousand yards, and they had their secretaries who weren't shooters sitting at the bench, dinging steel all day long at fucking thousand yards. That's like, awesome. That is sweet. Yeah, that's cool. But the yeah. price tag is not oh, sweet. Uh, they're pricey. Yeah, but yeah, I, I've I've not had good experiences with Nemo, and we'll just leave. It. But well, I mean, <laughs> I had a bad experience. There's other companies too, like the Falcor Petra. That's another 300 Win Mag. I don't know anything about them. I do. The Falcor Petra Uh-oh. is another three. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> that's a disaster. <laughs> that's another 300 Win Mag chambered AR. Hmm. Um, which actually, but, those are supposed to be half-assed decent. Yeah, they're the price tags about the same as a Nemo. Um, but they're they're had, really high quality. I had a thought the other day. Well, oh, Jesus. this is Here dangerous. We go. We're all 
pretty much hardcore gun people. So what's what's like within the realm of possibility that you could actually afford for let's say under three grand? What's your dream gun under three grand? And if you say Grand Powers Drybog, I'm going to punch you in the face. Well, no, that's seven hundred dollars. That's not that for under three grand. I don't know. I don't MP5, SD5. Yeah, that's pretty solid. That's a pretty good choice. About you, I would probably go with some kind of STI. Go with like, a pistol? Yeah. I'm yeah, more of a pistol guy than I am or a long, long yeah, gun I'm not, guy. I'm not really an expensive gun type I'm of not guy. Really, I'm, I'm not truth, really either, but I, but I think for I, three grand, I think I'd go with it. I'm if somebody, if somebody gave me three grand and says buy some fucking gun, yeah, I mean, those are both really good options. I, I don't know what I'd settle on, to tell you the truth. I'm, Actually, not, I'm not an expensive gun guy. I might go the way of Atlas Gunworks instead. Oh, yeah. Rather than an STI. Hey, they, they, those are the guys that gave us the, uh, right? the, the, fucking, and I've never heard about them until I order, ordered that red dot from them. Have you ever l- looked into their shit? No, they got pretty good stuff, though. They are badass guns. They yeah. got some kind of feature that they, it's not like a feature, but it's so, their guns are so finely tuned that I, I forget what they call it. Like, they zero it. So, after you shoot, the recoil recur- returns back to exactly where it was before. If you're like gripping properly, correctly, huh? Are they competition guns? I assume. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. Right. They're fantastic. Toad, huh. what would you pick for a three thousand dollar price limit? I was gonna go with a PTR ninety one G three clone. Mm, G three clone. Yeah. Mm. Um. <sighs> Actually, it's either. I don't that. know. I'd, Actually, I'd, what kind of machine gun can I get for three thousand dollars? Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> unless you have an SOT <laughs> jack shit. Actually, for. A, Three thousand bucks, you get your SOT and then just make your own machine guns. There you yeah, go. For 3, <laughs> there you round. go. Yeah, but yeah. I I've been a fan of the the G three style guns. I had the one and then poor Pete ended up with it because it was a massive piece of shit and I felt bad for him. But um, yeah, I, t- I told him I I said go back and tell him to fuck off. Yeah. he tried to he remember, tried to hose him. Do you remember it, that deal? I wasn't gonna let that happen when we went and did that that night. What you drove over to Sioux City with me to that. Shady part of fucking town. I'm yeah, that was shady as shit. That nurse guy, and he, I've actually met him. I've actually met him at a gun show on the Mars a couple years later, and we talked about it. But he's a big gun collector. He's a professional in home nurse. He's actually a pretty stand up guy. But um, it was either the the PTR ninety one G three clone, or I really, really want an M one A match rifle in three hundred eight. I would. I honestly like for me for long guns like an STI. Or not STI anymore. Staccato. Yeah, yeah. Staccato. Yep, you're right. Um, but like for a handgun, yeah, staccato for sure. But uh, for long guns, it would be an MP5 or like the SP5, or I would like a 308 Galil. Yeah, for sure. I would love to have a 308 Galil. I yeah, I would do a lot of dirty shit for a 308 grill. have you ever seen yeah. that and they are expensive <laughs> have you ever have you ever seen that other so israel makes some pretty stand oh guns. yeah yeah and there's a company over there called um gilboa oh yeah have you seen that's the snake that that's double barrel it's a double, double barrel a- ar-15 yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like if you really want to bring the hate on a home intruder, break that bitch out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I would love to have I was looking on Gunbroker the other day. I was like, man, you know, I'd really I'd really like to have a three oh eight Galil. So I I started doing some search and boy, that is out of my price range. They are 
twenty eight hundred dollars to thirty five hundred dollars all day. Well, you know, you know, our friend. He's a friend of the show. I don't know. If you guys have ever actually met him. At mm-hmm. Comments on a lot of stuff. He's really big in the military surplus firearms from World War One, World War Two. And if you ever look in that market, it's really fascinating to see how expensive those have gotten recently. Yeah. He recently bought a house, and if you're listening, and you didn't want me to tell the story. That's too bad. That's too bad. <laughs> uh, so he's got a lot of cool guns, and he's been kind of coaching me recently on on what to look for and buy, because I want to get into that same collecting deal with these old firearms. <laughs> he was going through his house, from what I understand, and before they bought it, the old guy found a it. bunch of shit. No. Behind the door sits a number one, like a Mark One, like really nice, like really, really desirable infield rifle. And he bought it from the guy for $75. D. And it's worth considerably more. Yeah. <laughs> $200? Like, I saw <laughs> No, like 85. 85. I, I would guess probably a grand. Not yeah. bad. But I, just, I ran into him at Fleet Farm yesterday. I was like, you know, you're a real dick because of that. <laughs> well, boys and girls, I'd love to let you keep chatting, but you two sons of bitches will go on, a, go on for well, hours. Yeah. I I get excited about old rifles. Kind of, I don't know what it is. It's but. not often we actually talk about guns on this segment of the podcast, though. So Yeah. I mean... Um, here's a question. Sam, I, Sam's anxious. He really, he's like, I want to cancel. What, what part Stop of, recording. what part of sitting here having a few beers and talking to your buddies about guns do you like disagree with? <laughs> here's what we're going to do. The podcast is over, folks. We're going to keep sitting here and talking though. And we're going to record <laughs> How about it. that, Sam? It's been real. It's been fun. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I, got, I do have a question though. Um, Seven inches. <laughs> In your fucking dreams, pal. <laughs> he was he was a different was, question. It was biggest oh. he's taken. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Or smallest. <laughs> he was he was really ready for that question too. Like, he sat there and put some thought into it. Jesus. So boy, it's a good thing the podcast is over. Oh, <laughs> it is good. Yeah. Um so my wife's grandpa gave me this uh Remington 788. 788? Yeah, you asked me about about this the other day, didn't you? Yeah. So he said, he said, I'm having trouble chambering rounds. It's 22250. Uh, He's got like an old 3 to 9 Bushnell on it. Like this thing's straight out of the 70s. The stock is, it's a wood stock. It is beat to hell. There's no finish left on any of it. Um, it's starting to get some surface rust all over it and I cleaned it and oiled it and he's like, I'm having trouble. It's, it's really hard to chamber around. Well, come to find out all the rounds that he's chambering are hand loads. And I think they weren't sized properly. So I'm going to get some, uh, some factory 22, 250 rounds and make sure that they chamber properly and make sure that nothing's wrong with this thing. Um, but is it, I, I can't decide on whether I should have Sam Cerakote the barreled action in graphite black and refinish the stock for him. Cause he just wanted me to clean the thing and make sure it what, was running properly. Actually, what I would do is more along lines of what they did at the factory. So Birchwood Casey sells a kit no. and it's like, but if I've you're not going, heard good things about that, I shit, used dude. it one time and it worked fine on a whole shotgun. 
410 for my brother-in-law. Yeah. Hmm. And they sell a kit. comes with like three or four bottles. It's like $30. And if you just want it to look kind of like it would have come from the factory, because it, if it's something he holds dear, you don't want to really go and just radically change the whole thing with Cerakote. Nothing against that. But for 30 bucks, you sand on the stock, stain it, and then it comes with barrel bluing. It's just wipe on shit. It's yeah. not going to last for fucking ever, but it's going to keep the rust at bay for a while. And it it's kind of a fun little project. I would just hate to take that gun that he gave you and be like, all right, this needs to be a shit. I'm going to refinish the whole stock and have it Cerakoted. Yeah. I mean, because well, if you get it back to him, he's going to be you know pissed. Because I asked my brother-in-law. That's kind of how I – that's what I – I'm trying to figure out, like, I've been asking the family, you know, like, hey, is he attached to this thing? Does he think it has characters, so I should leave it alone? Or is he going to appreciate if I refinish this thing and give it back to him? You know, it's kind of one of those deals where I, like, I love her grandpa to death. He is one of the coolest people. He's an awesome, down-to-earth, true, old-school farmer dude, you know. And and I, that's why I feel like I want to do something nice for him and, you know, refinish this rifle and or talk to do all um, that. But it, it that's something that I kind of is this talk to farmer Bob because he has the bluing tanks to actually refactory yeah. blew it. Yeah. Is this thing ever going to get used or is it just going to hang on the wall? No, it gets used. He, uh, he okay. it, it sounds like he must have whacked about a million coyotes with it because if it's been beat to shit that bad, it's he, been well it's, used. It's, uh, it sits behind the front door of the house. It's his woodchuck gun. So when woodchuck, oh, when woodchucks come across the, the driveway, he pulls this thing out. And, you know what a twenty two fifty is? Oh, yeah. Woodchuck? <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you want to know what a forty five seventy does to a badger? Oh, I can imagine. I think we've told this story before. Uh, yeah, I think we talked <laughs> yeah, about it. Yeah, but it was awesome when it happened. It was awesome. <laughs> so, uh, what do you guys think? What do you think? Well, I'm biased, dude. I, I yeah. Mean, to me, black is black, and frankly, uh, to be 100%, Sam wants to do dick butt camo on. <laughs> <laughs> to be 100 percent, to be 100 percent honest with you, I think Cerakote looks nicer on a gun than Bluing does, but that's just a personal opinion. But it's not. It's like not for back me, to a factory, it doesn't. Yeah, look the like same. for me, it depends because like a Model 12 shotgun, there's no way I'd Cerakote one black. No. Bluing, the nice, real high polish, you know, high gloss finish a bluing on like a model 12 shotgun mm-hmm. with like a nice finished wood stock like walnut wood stock that to me oh, that is what a model 12 should be sure but see so, yeah, i know, would... certainly like a bolt gun what do you guys what about that mountain dew uh 410 bolt action don't even talk shotgun. about that monstrosity yeah. Oh, it's freaking awesome. Don't that is the most about. redneck thing I've ever seen in my life. It's freaking awesome. You shouldn't have asked us about that, just, Sam. Maybe that every the owner of that us, gun is listening to this, and we're just going to bash likes that. <laughs> we don't like I it. I don't care. It's freaking awesome. And it's I, not like it's a rare piece, dude. Everybody and their mom has a bold action 410 shot. I'll say this. The work is superbly high quality, well, but it's uh, ugly as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Is what it is. All right, boys and girls. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the plug on this episode. We we can hang out and still and still chat, but uh, we've had enough fun, I think, for episode 39. So uh, thanks for thanks for hanging out. Thanks for stopping by. It was a fun one. We'll be back in two weeks. Um, make sure you check out our gears and beers episode. We do that live on Facebook every uh, other Wednesday night at 8:30. Um, yes, box. This episode will be dropping the Monday before our hangout. So we should mention, if you haven't RSVP'd to our hangout and you want to go to our hangout, get in the Life Short Live Free Facebook group. 
and join that event. There's an event in there, RSVP if you're going. You have please. less than a week. Yes. Yep. You have to RSVP if you are going. There will be there will be machine guns. There will be a keg. There will be food. There will be fun. There will be fun. It'll be it'll, it'll be, be a be fantastic time. time. You can and if we get more out. than we thought we were coming, more people than we thought we were coming, we're gonna have to get another keg. Well, hey, um, but yeah, there will be room for campers and tents. Um, plenty of space for that. Yep, possibly a spot a pot. Yep. Um, can somebody look into that? Anybody? Does anybody know where to get a spot a pot? Nope. But uh, I can spotapot.com. Actually, uh, text Clements. See who they have the golf course ones through. They're out of Orange City, I believe, if I remember right. But anyways, we don't have to discuss Spotabots on the <laughs> on the podcast. Portable shitters here this on this episode. <laughs> it's been real, it's been fun, and then uh, until we're back next time, remember life's short, live free, God bless, and God bless the United States of America. Amen. Woo! I enjoyed that podcast.